Tune you in now to the LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll with your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. <laughs> All right, it's Monday. I know. Welcome, everyone. Oh my gosh, it's the last Monday of October. I know. I know. I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready for Halloween. I'm excited for Halloween. I, I feel like Halloween's over for me. <laughs> so last week. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> no, I'm no, gonna... we just we like just got our pumpkins. We're gonna be carving them today. Oh. You know, get people coming over to the house tomorrow just to hang out in the driveway while kids come by with candy, like you know. But then again, cool. we don't have like a foot of snow, so yeah, it's awesome. We have so much snow here and it snowed over the weekend again. I'm like, this is this is just brittle. So what do you do? Go out in your snowsuit with like a face mask on or something? It's just it's just not the same, you know? Not no. the same. No, no, with your suit, so, with your uh, costume getting all wet and because it's got it's oh, in the snow and it's just it's not fun. Yeah, who likes to be cold and trick or treating? I tell you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, oh my gosh, such sad news over the weekend. I'm kind of beside myself. Like we've talked a lot about friends lately. We've talked brought some things up, and I was shocked to hear that Matthew Perry has passed. I mean, so tragic, a tragic incident, and um. I, just what a shock, you know, he's so young, just, it felt like it was just wrong. You know, I know he's been struggling with some yeah. mental issues for a long time and it sounds like that played a part in the incident itself probably. Um, but uh, yeah, what a, what a sad, sad, sad weekend for the friends family. Um, I know I was reading a little bit about um, his passing and I know he, he had made a statement at some point in his life, just because he'd struggled so hard with mental health issues, just saying he hoped that he wasn't remembered just for what he'd done with the friends show, but for all the help that he'd offer the world and some of the community stuff that he built. And I believe he built a center for addiction or something like that. That's in his name now just to help other people that have issues. So um, yeah, I'm sorry, Matthew Perry, but uh, thanks for everything that you've done in this world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's awesome. I know he'll be remembered by certainly the those who he's helped. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah. But you know what's interesting? It kind of got me thinking about death a little bit, which I know sounds morbid, and it is the season of haunted and spooky things. So I guess. Um, and you know, I came across this a few years ago, and I just thought it was so interesting. I just had to share this with you. So. These folks here, um, this is Anna and Raul. Um, these two guys have created this new way of um, utilizing your body as fertilizer once you pass. So what they've done is they've created this capsule called Capsula Mundi, which means world capsule. And it's a tree burial pod. And you can kind of see, um, they're kind of creating a fake one here. I think it's a tree, but this is this is kind of a picture of the capsule. Let's move on to the next slide here. What, what they're trying to do is they're creating this capsule where they can either put your dead body into it and it gets buried in the ground with a tree on top. Um, and the tree is able to access your remains to use as energy um, to grow the tree on top. Um, and you can see over here on the picture on the right, there's these little eggs on the bottom. What they've been able to do so far and what they've been approved for so far is only using cremated ashes of your body, putting them in one of these eggs, which is um, kind of like a biodegradable egg, and it gets planted in the ground and the tree grows on top of it and it gets used. um, It uses your body for energy. Um, I, I just I thought this was such a cool little way to um, an environmentally friendly way to decompose of uh, a body, quite honestly. Like, I mean, if you think about it, there's so many people, if you're not getting cremated, you're going to the ground in a casket. Like there's all that metal and all that junk that's just never going to go anywhere. It's just going to be stuck in the ground. 
Um, but they, uh, this idea just makes a whole lot of sense to me. And so instead of planting grave markers everywhere, you're planting a whole forest with all these trees on it. And one of the cool things I learned is that, and, and I don't know if this is just in the U.S., North America, but if you plant a tree on top of a body, it's illegal to cut that tree down which is kind of neat. So here we are, we're planting forests, we're doing really cool things. Um, at this point, they haven't been approved for the body being in the pod. Um, they're still working towards that and they think that they'll have some success down the road. Um, but at this point in time, you can only just get your ashes put into the ground, which is still cool. Yeah. Um, and, and then I'll just quickly go on. They have a cute little marketing campaign. Like here's this tree, someone hugging grandma as it grows. Hey dad, which I think actually X is a really neat place to go and visit the person that's passed or the people that are remaining, you know, to be able to talk to them or find a place where, you know, they still exist and they can feel that they get connected to that person. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a really interesting concept. I love the idea of the, you know, the sustainability idea and, you know, whether or not, uh, you know, it continues to be a law that you can't cut down a tree that's on top of ashes, you know, whatever it might be, at least for a period of time, you've contributed to help, uh, you know, help with climate, uh, with climate change. And, um, you know, I think for me, I probably would choose uh, either a cottonwood tree if it's going to be a tree. I don't know if you can choose which tree, um, but uh, but I would certainly then uh, choose a vine, a grapevine. And oh. like, you know, vines do really well over ashy soil. So like volcanic ash and stuff like that. And so I could imagine down the line, like having like a, a you know, a Brandon vintage wine of, uh, you know, from 2073 or something like that. So. <laughs> Yeah. That would be super cool. Kind of creepy, but cool. You know, I mean, all the things that you drank and consumed over the years would impact the flavor of the wine and the profile, you know, it could be so cool. Really <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, this is tastes a little bit of Brandon, you know, mixed with, uh, you know, mixed with, uh, with soil. And so yeah, totally. interesting. if I had a choice, I, I would plant a nice big red rose bush right on top, you know, gorgeous color, but a little thorny, you know? Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, good stuff. Uh, well, I, so I was obviously gone on Friday. Uh, so you did another solo show. I was, so you, you've done a lot of solo shows last week. So good job on that. Um, but I had a chance to go to a couple of different boardwalks. And so on Friday, I was traveling. Um, so on Thursday, I actually visited Ocean City, Maryland and Rehoboth. Uh, Rehoboth. It's such an odd word to say also in Maryland. And I've uh, checked out those two and both of them really interesting, different board, different feels, even though they're only about 45 minutes apart, very different feels from a boardwalk standpoint, you know, good mix of F and B and arcades and Ripley was there at, at, at you know, both locations. There was a Ripley's uh, attraction. And so um, definitely had a good mix of attractions and it was a lot of fun just seeing those and visiting those. Then the next day, uh, you know, I crossed the, across the little channel on a ferry. And the next day I went to see Maurice Pier and it was really cool actually. So I got a behind the scenes tour of all three of Maurice Piers um, nice. from Sam, who is also is uh, behind and, and the owner of international rides management. And so he you know, can buy and sells rides and stuff like that. And also is involved in some of the F and B work at Maurice. Um, <clears throat> but what I thought was interesting there when I was there is I went to their biggest arcade. This is Mariner's arcade. This is actually on Maurice Pier. This is actually owned by the Maury family. Well, so it, you know, a portion of the Maurice family. Mori family. And, um, but one of the things I came across, which I've never seen ever, uh, they had just, you know, got new carpet. They were just doing some renovations, a brand new carpet. They're putting in an intercard game system, but, um, noticed here that this is video poker, like 
literally yeah. video poker from like casinos, yeah. like old st- old school video poker with redemption connected to it. And um, and so anyway, I'm not going to go into a whole lot here on this uh, on the show, but there is a really good conversation happening on our Discord. Um, interestingly, it's actually in the sound off channel in the Discord server, and uh, just around the debate about redemption being skill versus luck. Um, and unfortunately, you know, my take on this is this definitely pushes the conversation towards redemption being more luck than skill and, um, you know, has implications in, you know, for, for, you know, um, for general acceptance and public acceptance and also, you know, some legality depending on, on how it's conveyed and construed. So anyway, uh, go join that conversation, dig into that a little bit more, but I just thought that was super interesting. I'd never seen this take on a redemption before like actual video poker. And then I did have a chance to stop at Atlantic city for 30 minutes on my way to the Philadelphia airport. And uh, just all I'll say about Atlantic city is that apparently that's now going to be the next place where there'll be a pickleball venue. So amongst (laughs) all the other stuff that's going to be there, pickleball, of course, is going to Atlantic city. (laughs) Amazing. I I don't know. I just, I don't get it. I really don't get it, but there must be something we don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's just, it's, there's nothing fancy. It's like literally just a big venue. You come pay to come in and play pickleball. And there's like 30 pickleball courts inside this big open, like convention center looking space and um, <clears throat> whatever it's a uh, pickleball in Atlantic city. So you can go gamble, you can go play arcades, you can go do other stuff on the boardwalk and then play pickleball afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh gosh. Yeah. I agree with you, Elise there. Yeah. We should take a drink every time pickleball venue opens, <laughs> we would just be constantly drunk. That's the problem. That's the mm-hmm. issue. Um, and I just wanted to mention also that if you don't have an opportunity to get in the discord, just put your comments in any of the posts that you see these recordings on to let us know how you feel about the whole arcade piece, because I think we are a little bit concerned about it and think it might be something we need to start taking action on, you know, figuring out the right verbiage or how to kind of fight back with this kind of stuff. So, um, Okay, um, Halloween truly was over for me, <laughs> but but I just, you know, it's so funny. I just wanted to mention this. Um, I saw that Chuck E. Cheese had a super um, awesome sensory sensitive Sunday this last weekend. And I just really thought that they deserved a nice little call out, like right on for doing that kind of stuff. Um, it was in partnership with Autism Speaks. Um, they opened up two hours earlier so the kids could come in and enjoy. They took the time to reduce the noise of the arcade games, which we all know is a heck of a lot of work, <laughs> um, dim some of the lights, which again, that's all a lot of work and you have to go back and correct it afterwards. They have staff that are trained on how to deal with the guests and how to handle them if there's issues that arise. They had a different kind of dining experience and any kid that showed up in a costume got a hundred tickets, which, you know, just a shout out to Chuck E. Cheese for doing the right thing and being, you know, really inclusive in this world. I just, I, I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, you know, I think, so do you know, is it every Sunday or is it on occasion, no. like once a month or just select Sundays? Once a month, and I believe it's usually the first um, uh, Sunday of the month, but they moved this one just so it was closer to Halloween. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting for two hours to go through all that work for two hours once a month and have specially trained staff there. Mm-hmm. That means they really are going out of the way to provide uh, something really interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Um, all right. So. <laughs> very much not sensory sensitive is a car wash in Chandler. So like right in my backyard, practically. So Chandler, Arizona, there's a car wash. It's Vivacity Auto Spa. And as far as I can tell, they just have a couple of like local locations. They're not some big franchise or chain. They're family owned. And 
they converted their car wash for every Friday and Saturday night for three hours into a haunted attraction. And so I'll just uh, go ahead and throw this up on stage. They're calling it the, the, you know, Vivacity Auto Spa Haunted Car Wash. Um, And it was called last year's best haunted car wash in Arizona, which I think is amazing because I think they're the only haunted car wash in Arizona as far as I know. So, you know, they probably are the best. But um, I thought that uh, it's pretty cool for 20 bucks. You can go in and you go in and like the car wash is not running. So they're just using the car wash as a way to provide a spooky experience. You stay in your car. And uh, because you're in the car, there's not there's going to be very minimal human contact, but it's just really meant to be jump scares, that kind of thing. And I'll just play a little portion of this video um, that they've made to promote their car wash. It's um, it's pretty, uh, you know, pretty well done. There's like a guy goes running across the car wash time. It would have been so fun making this video. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you see in the cameras, there's like these creepy guys just standing with a clown you know, mask and balloons, and you don't really know what's going to come up. And then there's people looking in the cameras, and obviously going to really bang in your car. So unfortunately, this is this is not something for me. I would be too scared. <laughs> I would actually think this would be a lot of fun. I wish that I had found out about this before. It's actually put it in your calendar. Put it in your calendar for next year, so you don't forget. (laughs) Oh, absolutely! Yeah, no, no, for sure. I I will um, 100% not forget this next year, and uh, recently we do. But I thought, what a cool way to take a facility like a car wash and generate additional revenue. They're not clearly make doing car washes at six o'clock and eight o'clock at night, so why not use that space to generate additional revenue and definitely something that we could be doing in, in, you know, our venues on, uh, you know, on these nights. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, speaking of earning additional revenue in spaces and transforming them, (laughs) I, I kind of, I saw this in the news today and I just thought it was so cool. You know, I think everyone's starting to get tired of the old wave pool and the water slides, or I don't know, maybe that's just me again. Um, but I think this product is so cool and it's going to breathe new life into these aquatic facilities that are just kind of pools. Anyway, it's called Ninja Cross and it's kind of an aquatic spin on the Ninja Warrior coast, uh, course. And what I thought was so cool about it is it's not, um, like the way it's installed is it's installed from the roof down um, and you can push it off of the pool and you can pull it back onto the pool, which is really neat. So you can pull it out when it's going to be used at times when you have like open swim or if you're booking birthday parties in. Um, and also the um, you can see the little things that this kid is kind of going through here. You can change those. You can make it harder. You can make it easier for all the kids. Here's another picture I'll show. So you can kind of see an overhead view of how it hangs over top of the lanes. Um, again, it's pushed back into the wall and it can be moved out of the way, which is super cool and super fun. Now, it's been installed in two locations in the U.S. so far, so far and they say they're doing really well. Um, they're starting to uh, create leagues, and they're starting to do a birthday party program, which I thought, of course they are, right on, and good for them. Yeah, this is this is awesome. What a great way to, because especially a lot of cities have a, you know aquatic centers tied to the cities and so much empty space. You can go into these things, and there's a bunch of lanes that are just unused because people aren't doing that kind of hardcore swimming. They're like more free play, free swim. And, um, and this is a great way to utilize that space for sure. And, and you know, hopefully drive revenue. I don't know if they're charging extra for it, but, um, you know, it's, it definitely would be a way to, to drive some extra revenue for, for some of these facilities. 
Yeah, for sure. I agree with you. And Adon, the next thing I could see that would be super cool here, just in this space, in this room, is let's throw some VR stuff onto the wall or some like AR stuff and, you know, yeah. make it like those chaos carts and make something fun again. Get out there and get some physical activity and like really create a cool experience for the kids. Yeah, maybe that's Valo Motion's next thing is like, you know, they have the Valo jump, they have the Valo climb, now they have Valo swim, yeah. you know, and you can like swim. And like as you're swimming along the water, you're like, touching different stuff that's projected onto the water. It'd be super interesting. I just want glow in the dark uh, swimming wings. What are they called? <laughs> you know, oh, like black light swimming lanes or something. Yeah. No, yeah. the ones that the wings, the flight, the things that go oh, around like your floaties. floaties. Oh my <laughs> no, I'm God. a great swimmer, but it would just be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That, that would be a lot. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Cosmic swimming, you know, like cosmic cosmic swimming. Cosmic oh, pool. I love cosmic it. Pool. It's got a great ring yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. So just real quick mention, apparently Altitude Trampoline Parks. So speaking of like ninja courses, that kind of thing, Altitude Trampoline Parks has announced that they're opening 20 lo- new locations in 2024 in the United States. And when I think of that, I'm just like, where? What the, f- what, where, where are we opening 20 more uh, Altitude Trampoline Parks? Like they're Gen 2 trampoline parks, climbing walls, some dodgeball. Like if, if you're open and you have that kind of a venue, then then that's awesome. If you're considering opening a trampoline park, really take a second, you know, second, you know, thought considering where you're opening that. Make sure there's not saturation within a five mile radius of my office here in South Phoenix. I could drive to three just in five mile radius. And there's easily a hundred more in the Phoenix market. And I just do not understand why we need more, especially of Gen 2, um, Gen 2 trampoline parks. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, I, I just feel like we need a study. Like I, I wish we had more data, more understanding, like why, where's the opportunity here, right? Like, our, and, and maybe there is, maybe it's just a great way for kids to get exercise. And so there needs to be more of them. I, I, I don't know, but you know, first thought around it and some of the research and things that we've seen, I'm just surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, yeah. next one. All right. What do we else? Well, yeah. Speaking of uh, interesting things. <laughs> uh, let's talk about masterpieces for a minute. Um, this was so cool. Um, caught this in the news today. Anyway, this is the Chengdu Science Fiction Museum in China. And when I first saw this, I'm like, oh, this is just like an AI picture. Like it's just this fake news. It's just been generated, but it's not. So this is an actual museum that they created um, in China. And it's using an advanced blend of technology, sustainability, um, and kind of ties in the local cult. Uh, the local culture to kind of create this amazing metallic structure that floats over the water and uses like just such dynamic technology and uh, different things to kind of create the ideas of mountains and clouds. And I I mean, it it looks unbelievably amazing, but what is so fascinating to me about this is they commissioned this in 2022. So a year ago, a year and a bit ago. Um, And they, they wanted to have this so that they could host the 81st annual world science fiction convention which happened this year in this facility. Okay. Um, this is 59,000 square meters big, which is enormous. Um, but something like this typically would take four to five years to build. Um, the designers that actually were awarded the project started building it two weeks after they got it, just because they had so many different tools, tools that they could use to design it on the go and share with different people. Like technology has advanced so much. They were able to pull this together really, really fast, which I thought was incredible. Um, here, I'm going to, let's flip to the next picture just so you can kind of get a side view of it. So you can have an understanding of what this looks like. Like just some of the structure and the way it's built is unbelievable. Um, so they, um, you know, uh, 
here. Let's just, let's move on to the next picture. I've grabbed a couple of what the inside looks like here. So when they were building this out, the technology they were using, um, this particular skylight was used so that they could minimize the amount of lighting that they used within the facility, which is really, really cool. Um, then there is this picture, which is one of the hallways. It's kind of, um, it's a multimedia corridor and it flashes different pictures and different designs all through it. And it takes you from one part of the museum to the next, which is, I mean, so cool. I just want to walk down this hallway and soak it all in because it looks so neat. Uh, then they have other things inside, like they have this one, it's a mirrored hallway with like uh, the different types of metal and everything to kind of create a futuristic look inside of the facility. So you feel like you're in a completely different world. And then this last piece was so neat. So this is their main theater where people go in and they watch presentations, which is beautifully designed in itself. But what's so cool about it is it allows the audience to actually watch what's going on outside. And so they were doing drone drone showing, I can't speak, drone shows outside and creating these cool LED displays that they could people could watch just from their seats inside of the theater. Like what a cool way to tie everything together, right? Now. No, go ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just, I mean, just quickly, finally, this is located in the city of Chengdu, and it's the home to 20 million people. Of course it is. That's like, they, you need this volume of people to create something that's awesome. Um, but what they're doing is they're trying to create this future city there that's going to focus on universities that are going to come in and different laboratories and offices that are going to be focused on the science fiction industry there um, and building it out. Um, and I guess also this is the birthplace of the uh, most read scientific magazine in the world called Science Fiction World. I'm not familiar with it. I don't know if anybody else is, but um, what, what a cool structure. Hey. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. And, you know, I've just two quick thoughts because I know we're running a little bit late. You know, the first one would be, this is something that can only really happen that quickly in a city or in a country like China and a city like Chengdu and, uh, you know, or the UAE, for example, where they can streamline all the red tape where you don't have to worry about per permitting, you know, it's state sanctioned. And so, you know, you don't have to worry about zoning changes and, you know, making sure things are inspected and like all that stuff is streamlined. So I think from, at least from a red tape standpoint, you don't have any of that that we typically deal with here in the US or Canada or other other places. Um, and then I think the second one is, you know, I just generally have a, well, I think it's beautiful. I think I, like when everything we try to do science fiction or futuristic, it gets aged very quickly. So I'd be very interested to understand what their plan is to keep it updated and keep it modernized and, and always looking forward to the future. So we don't end up with like a Tomorrowland situation where, you know, 10 years later, it looks like, oh yeah, the future doesn't look like that anymore. Uh, things have changed so significantly and it's not, doesn't look like it's in the behind. Um, okay. un unbelievably beautiful uh, structure and, um, you know, definitely a, a prized piece, I'm sure for them. So okay. um, awesome. Well, yeah. That wraps up our LBX Daily Show for October 30th. Tomorrow's Halloween edition. So who knows what we'll end up doing. It'll you know, be something a little bit special. But uh, otherwise, until then, this is CB and BW signing off. Stay tuned and keep kicking ass. See you guys.